This narration will take you through the year two cases from general practice session on rashes. As the learning objectives detailed on Canvas suggest, the purpose of this session is to introduce you to some of the terminology related to dermatology and for you to think about some cases of common skin presentations. Hopefully, you'll have followed the instructions on the Canvas page to try to work through the cases on your own. But I've done this narration to really talk you through my thoughts on the cases and hopefully to provide some additional explanation as well. The first few slides on the PowerPoint talk about assessing skin lesions and rashes and provide some terminology related to dermatology. It would be very helpful to you to follow the links on the PowerPoint to the terminology section provided by DernNet, which is a New Zealand-based site, which is excellent for dermatology. And I hope you'll find that site useful throughout the block as you go through other dermatological presentations. We'll go on to talk about the cases, and the first case is a young man by the name of Harvey Shenfield. He's had a rash for a couple of years, which is getting more bothersome to him. And although Harvey is reluctant to talk about it, one of the main causes of disturbance for him is to do with his appearance. Most 16-year-olds, indeed most people, are concerned about how they look. And if you look at the photographs of Harvey's rash, you'll see both the nature of the rash and the distribution of it. And the first question on slide 12 asked you how you would describe Harvey's rash. So using the terminology that we mentioned earlier, this rash could be described as a papulopustular rash. Best shown, in fact, in the picture of Harvey, Harvey's face. And if you look around the forehead, you'll see some pustules, which are papules filled with pus, and some small raised lesions, which are not pustular. You'll also see some background erythema. Erythema, as you know, just means redness of the skin. The distribution is difficult to be fully uh, sure of from the two slides because it doesn't, of course, show the whole of Harvey's body. But this distribution actually corresponds to the, where the, there are sebaceous follicles. And your sebaceous follicles are really those parts of the body where you grow hair. And those have a, a predominance in the face, uh, particularly around the forehead and the nose, uh, the neck and the upper trunk. And as we all see from looking at the slides, that the distribution is broadly symmetrical. Not absolutely symmetrical, some rashes are, but this, this follows a broad symmetry. It doesn't tend to particularly favour one side or the other. The 
The next question asks you about the likely cause of the rash. And, and as with any medical diagnosis, we need to look at the patient's medical history and then look at the appearance of the rash. This is otherwise a well young man, but he's 16 years old and this is the typical age that you will see young patients presenting with acne vulgaris and that is Harvey's diagnosis. Acne is a common problem. Most teenagers will get acne to some degree, but the degree to which they get it is variable. And, and so many of us will have had, you know, a few spots during our teenage years, and some of you will have suffered with more severe acne. And certainly at the moderate to severe end, it can be a distressing, unpleasant condition to have. So in the question that asks what should his GP do about this, it's very important that acne is taken seriously. Generally, by the time people come to see you with acne, they've usually been battling with it for quite some while. There is no shortage of over-the-counter medication for acne. Uh, and indeed, pharmaceutical companies make a lot of money out of selling skin products. Explanation is important. Uh, the natural history of acne needs to be understood and conveyed to the patient. There's quite a lot of uh, unhelpful folklore around acne uh, to the extent that people who suffer with acne uh, are not uncommonly left feeling that they are to blame for their condition, which frankly is not the case. So whilst it's not unreasonable to think about, you know, healthy living, healthy diet, etc., in reality, uh, those sorts of things do not make a very great deal of difference to acne. You do need to have a mind as to whether the acne that you're seeing is unusual. As I've said, it's very common in teenagers and young adults. If you see late onset acne or acne related to other clinical features, it may cause you to think again. You will learn in your reproductive block that there's a, an association between some endocrine disorders in, and acne, so Cushing syndrome, uh, more commonly polycystic ovarian syndrome in women. And you sometimes see acne as a result of other things. Um, one phenomenon I've noticed in recent years is a surge in acne in young men, and it often is men who abuse steroids at the gym. And effectively, they have a form of uh, iatrogenic Cushing's. Cushing's is an overproduction of steroids, but these young men are taking steroids usually in the form of injection, and acne can be a sign of steroid abuse. But mostly in young people, it's a primary disorder. You'll be taught elsewhere about the treatments for acne, but for mild to moderate acne, the commonest form of treatment is to use uh, antibiotics, and they can be applied topically or systemically, as in taking them by mouth. With more severe acne, there's a treatment called Roaccutane, which remains a consultant prescribed treatment. It's not something you can prescribe in general practice. And, and there are a number of important side effects with Roaccutane, 
which explain why it's not a commonly available drug. We only refer a small percentage of patients with acne to secondary care. It's mostly a condition you can manage in general practice. But where, as the patients commonly are, they are put on antibiotic treatment, they need to be told that that is likely to be for many months. Another option to use in young women is to use hormonal treatment and some varieties of the oral contraceptive pill are beneficial to acne and that can be an option for women who require both management of their acne and contraception. So we'll come back to Harvey later in the presentation because he does come back to see his GP as we will find out. But our next patient is Vera Rayleigh, who is at the other end of the age scale. This is a 76-year-old woman and her story is of really quite severe burning type pain in her right side, which she says has been present for a few days. Having wondered what it was, she noticed a day or two back some spots on her abdomen. And slides 18 and 19 show you Vera's rash. So the, the first slide is taken from a distance, showing the distribution of the rash, with a, the next slide showing a more close-up appearance of the skin lesions. And the questions here are the same uh, as in the last patient. So to answer the first question, which is how would you describe this rash? This is a vesicular rash. What you're seeing here are vesicles, which are small fluid-filled lesions on the skin. I tend to use the term vesicular for fluid-filled lesions. If you look at these, they are not pustular. They are not filled with pus. The fluid in here uh, is clear. You'll also see that I've used the term confluent. Confluence is usually used when a number of skin lesions coalesce together. And if you look particularly at the second slide, you'll see that these vesicles have a confluent appearance. Again, as, as with uh, Harvey, you can also see some background erythema here. That Again, those erythematous patches could be described as macules. So macules are flat patches to the skin. So if we were to put a full explanation here, we might say that this is a you know, rash that is confluent, vesicular, and there are some background erythematous macules. The distribution should, I hope, strike you. This is a localised outbreak. This is not symmetrical, so it's an asymmetrical distribution. And those of you that know your dermatomes will see that the distribution of the rash, and this is evident in slide 18, is following uh, one of the lower thoracic dermatomes. And if we were to turn Vera around and look at her tummy, we 
unlikely to see patches of vesicles on the anterior abdomen corresponding to the same dermatome. Because it's a dermatomal distribution, this rash does not cross the midline. And if you are in doubt about the diagnosis, that can be very helpful in distinguishing the diagnosis here, which is a diagnosis of shingles from other causes. In fact, this is such a typical presentation of this condition that you would expect most doctors to recognize this immediately. So this is shingles, which is a herpes zoster infection. And when we go on to talk about what the GP can do to help, well, first of all, Vera does need an explanation as to what's going on. And as well as the GP explaining the rash that Vera has, um, the GP must also explain that, in fact, it's this same infection that has been responsible for her pain. Pain in shingles typically precedes the rash and sometimes can produce an absolute puzzle for both patients and their doctors if they go and see their GP before the rash has erupted. Definitive treatment for shingles is with an antiviral drug called acyclovir, which you will be taught about. This is best given as early as possible in the outbreak of shingles, and there is doubt about how effective it is beyond 42 to 78 hours after onset. However, we would normally prescribe this in primary care, and it's taken five times a day, which is the only drug I know that's taken five times a day, and usually for a week. And the evidence for acyclovir is not that it's going to prevent the outbreak, which of course is already there, but its main evidence is for reducing the severity of the outbreak and reducing the likelihood of complication. In addition, Vera may require symptomatic treatment. She may require some pain relief. And a proportion of people who have shingles will go on to develop a condition called post-herpetic neuralgia, which is where they get persisting pain in the same dermatome where they suffer their shingles. And in unfortunate patients, this can go on for weeks or months and needs treating with specific treatment. I'm not going to teach you about post-herpetic neuralgia in detail now, but, but be aware of it as a phenomenon. So thinking back again here as the diagnosis, we, we are looking at the morphology of the rash, we're looking at its distribution, we're looking at the medical history, and in this case, uh, risk factors include Vera's age, shingles is more common with age, but also the association of the rash with characteristic neuralgic pain, pain that breaks out along a dermatome is neuralgic, so it tends to be a burning, stinging pain that is severe. Our next patient is a young woman, Fatima, who's a refugee living in fairly unsatisfactory accommodation, quite crowded. She and her family live with a number of other families in cramped space. And Fatima's had some itchy skin, for a few weeks 
And this is more than a little bit of itch. The skin has been getting intensely itchy. In, in association with this itch, a number of spots have been noted on Fatima's skin and those spots are increasing in number. Of relevance here is that Fatima's mum and her sister are getting similar symptoms and that should start to get you thinking where you have a skin condition that is spreading amongst people in close contact. Most skin conditions are non-infectious. They do not have a propensity to spread from one person to another. So, for example, if you have eczema or psoriasis, then you are not going to spread that rash to another person. So we're already beginning to think of a possible transmissible cause. If you look at slide 26, it shows the distribution of Fatima's rash. Skin distribution rashes are, are drawn in this way to show where both the distribution of the rash and also to indicate the amount of the rash you have in any particular area. And we can see here that there is a clustering of lesions in the groin and in the hands. And in fact, these correspond to areas of the body that tend to be heat uh, bearing areas. Slide 27 shows a couple of appearances of Fatima's rash. And we see on slide 28 how this looks in her hands. So to go through the questions again, if we were to describe Fatima's rash, we would describe it as a maculopapular rash. Predominantly papular, but there are some small macules in the background, you know, flat areas. But you also see the description of linear burrows. If you look at slide 27 on the left hand slide, the slightly smaller slide, you'll see that kind of, well, it kind of looks like it says it is on the tin. There's a track of redness that represents a burrow. And with regard to distribution, you will see that it is, again, largely symmetrical. There is sparing of the neck and the face. And as I said before, the papules are most predominant in the groin and genital region and on the hands. So we talked about this as being likely a likely infectious problem, and it is indeed, and this is a scabies. And scabies is a skin infestation that tends to occur in vulnerable groups. So social deprivation, crowding, close contact are risk factors for scabies. And you will sometimes see outbreaks in for example, uh, refugee homes, uh, sometimes in nursing homes, sometimes in schools, because the rash is transmissible, particularly between close contacts. It's not a highly infectious condition, so quite often care workers, although they are at risk, will not uh, pick up scabies, but people who live in close proximity will pick it up from each other. 
and in answer to the question of what a GP will do is that Fatima needs treating with anti-scabies treatment, which someone else will tell you all about, but this is topical treatment uh, applied to the skin that eradicates the mite causing scabies. But it's very important that all of her close contacts are treated as well, even if they are asymptomatic. Now, in this situation, her close contacts actually do have symptoms, but even if they don't, they need to be treated because uh, scabies infestation can be present before the rash develops or before people develop the itch. The next case is Mark, who presents again, Mark's presenting with an intensely itchy rash. But interestingly, he reports that the rash seems to come and go, sometimes quite quickly and at various sites. And when his GP asks a few more questions, she's told that he did have a similar problem a couple of years ago, but he never went to see his GP because it all settled down. And there are a few slides, 35 through to 37, that show the appearance of Mark's skin. And we go on to the questions as to how you would describe it. What you can see again here is that there's a, a combination of flat areas with raised areas here. We know from Mark's story that this is a fluctuating rash, so we would describe this as a fluctuating, raised, patchy eruption. Eruptions tend to be, the term eruption tends to be used for more widespread involvement of the skin. And we use the term wheels. Wheels is a specific term to describe the raised kind of annular lesions that we can see uh, in slides 35 and 36. And the presence of wheels is um, typical of what you get in urticaria. And again, the distribution of urticaria varies. In Mark's case, he's got quite a widespread rash, but it's not usually a symmetrical eruption. And we can see that in Mark, that if, for example, you uh, look at his trunk, the patches are not evenly spread, and neither are they on the back of his neck. Urticaria is an interesting addition. We the question that asks, what, what can his GP do? I mean, first of all, Mark needs to know what it is. You need to give it a name, and it is urticaria. An urticaria can have provoking factors, so it can be the result of allergy or sometimes skin irritation, can sometimes be the result of things like food intolerance. But actually on quite a number of occasions, you don't identify a precipitating factor for urticaria. Quite a number of people have idiopathic urticaria, which seems to come and go 
pretty much after its own fashion, which can be very frustrating for patients and their GPs who are madly looking for a cause for it. Remember that urticaria it can be one of the manifestations of drug allergy, and it can also occur in response to infection. So sometimes viral infection can provoke urticaria in vulnerable people. It's not a viral specific rash such as measles or rubella or chickenpox, but urticaria can be provoked by viral illness. But none of that seems to apply to Mark. He's otherwise well. And the story of a similar episode a couple of years back suggests that this is probably idiopathic urticaria. But you'd want to check a few things just to be sure about that. And, you know, you'd want to know about his occupation and sometimes contact dermatitis can provoke urticaria. But as a graphic designer, probably unlikely that this, this is the case here. The main treatment for urticaria is with antihistamines taken by mouth. More severe urticaria sometimes need to be sometimes need to be treated with uh, steroids, but that's much less common. And indeed, quite a lot of urticaria, if left alone, will settle down on its own. If there is an underlying provoking factor, you do need to do something about that, uh, because as with anything that is provoked, you need to get rid of what's causing it. So our last case, we're back to Harvey again, who we may remember from an earlier slide. Harvey, you might remember, saw his GP with acne, but has now come back with something looking very different. And he says that for three days, he's noticed a rash on his abdomen which is irritating and itchy. His GP had started him on some medication for his acne. The slide 45 shows the new rash that Harvey's developed. And again, the questions go on to ask about how you might describe this. So the description I would give here that this is well circumscribed. Now, the term circumscribed means self-contained, really, or well demarcated. It's erythematous, which means it's red, and it's a patch. And we tend to use the word patch for larger macules on the skin. There also appears to be a change in pigmentation here. But actually, this, is, this isn't a pigmented lesion. And it's just producing that appearance because Harvey's got darker skin. And this is a localized patch. You can't see this from this picture, but it's the only one he's got. You know, Harvey hasn't got these spread over his body. He's just got this single patch. And the question that asks what's the most likely cause of this is answered by the answer that this is likely to be a fixed drug eruption. There are many types of rash that you can get in response to adverse reaction to drugs. And I've mentioned just before that urticaria can occur. 
that fixed drug eruption is another variant of uh, a skin reaction to drugs. If you look at almost any side effect list of almost any drug, it will mention rashes as a possible side effect. And some drugs are more prone to this than others. So some drugs are notorious for producing change in the skin. So this is likely to be a reaction to the antibiotics that Harvey's GP prescribed for his acne. His GP prescribed an antibiotic called doxycycline. And skin side effects are not uncommon with doxycycline. And what you need to do where you have a fixed drug eruption is to take away the provoking factor. Now, sometimes that's easy. Sometimes it's easy to stop a drug. And in this case, it is pretty straightforward. We can stop Harvey's doxycycline and use another antibiotic. Of course, sometimes if the fixed drug eruption is for a drug that is not easy to replace, that can, that can produce an issue. And there are occasions where patients are maybe asked to tolerate their rash um, as the cost they're paying for the medication they're on. But, but as you might imagine, that is not usually a popular choice. So those are the cases. I've put on Canvas a link to a couple of resources that you'll find helpful and do please look at those. I would recommend that you might want to come back to this bit of work later on in the block once you've had a few more discussions around basic dermatology. And do please, as always, send me any questions you have uh, and I'll 